Warning, this content may contain material that some viewers may find disturbing. Viewer discretion advised. Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of the Blue Collar Boys. Uh, we're doing things a little bit differently this time. We got Hunter on Zoom coming in straight from Utah, the land of the Mormons. How we doing, Hunt? I'm pretty good. How are you guys doing? Good. We're happy to have you, even though you're, you know, a couple thousand miles away. No biggie. Uh, if, we're being, if we're being approximate, it's like 21 136 but I mean, we don't really we don't have to get into that those no details right now yeah he's, no one's counting no, <laughs> we don't miss you or anything no biggie <laughs> all righty to get this epi started off uh, i think we're going to talk a little bit of nfl uh, i'm really excited because football is definitely one of my favorite sports to watch professional sports wise um we just had the hall of fame game this week um between the cowboys and the steelers cowgirls true story they got white didn't they yeah they got beat by like 13 points. It was like 13 to three or 16, oh, three bad. or something like that. 16, three. Um, you also got to think about it though. The Steelers have had one of the best defenses in the league for a long time, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things you have to keep in mind too, is that it is preseason. So starters only play a couple of series most right. of the time anyway. Yeah. So most of the time it's backups, but I mean, it's still great to see the Cowboys lose regardless. Uh, <laughs> love that. We just had Hall of Fame inductions too. Uh, Peyton Manning, Troy Polamalu, yeah. Richard and James, you all see, those guys. Do you see that the committee only talked about Peyton Manning getting inducted for like 13 seconds? Really? Yeah. They were like, okay, how about Peyton Manning? And talked about it for 13 seconds. And then they were like, yeah, he's in. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, the guy's yeah. first battle Hall of Famer and he deserved to be. I mean, one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Or sure. which can be argued until we go blue in the face, but. I think that you're going to have guys like, obviously, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, John Elway, uh, Peyton Manning. And then you have a bunch of guys like Dan Marino and all these other guys that we've thrown up in there as well. But I think that, without a doubt, Peyton Manning should be in just about everybody's top five if they love the sport of football, um, just because of his accomplishments and numbers that he put up and his longevity in the league. I mean, I think it goes unmatched, um, except for, of course, Tom Brady, who's been in the league for 20-plus and is right. winning Super Bowls still. Well, how, how long was Peyton in the league? He was pushing for, 15, right? I think he got up to 18, if I remember right. I'll Actually, look it up. That might have been his last season was season 18. Yeah, he was, so. he, was in, oh, he was inducted in 98 and finished out his career in 2015. And believe it or not, he's a four-time, 14-time Pro Bowl, seven-time All-Pro, five-time MVP. Um, he was the 2004 Offensive Player of the Year. 13 2013 offensive player of the year i mean he's had a great resume to be able to go to the hall of fame walter payton man of the year in 05 too according to wikipedia thank you very much uh yeah i mean great ball player all around uh edrin james got inducted as well he was Peyton Manning's running back losing indianapolis for a long time was an absolute yep. stud uh if you guys have never heard of him give him a look on youtube i mean the kid was nuts i mean really good if he hadn't gotten hurt in his like third year he would have put up even gaudier numbers so I'm excited for football season. Uh, Dean's got the schedule here for week one of the preseason. Uh, if you want to list off some of the games. Coming up on week two, we got Washington versus Pats on Thursday, Steelers and Eagles. Coming up on Friday, we got Titans, Falcons, Bills and Lions. We got the Cowgirls and Cardinals, Dolphins, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Saints and Ravens. Then we got Browns, Jaguars, Bengals, Bucks. Right off the bat, I think I'm really excited for the uh, Jacksonville versus Cleveland game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I'm really excited to see what he can do at the NFL level. And another interesting storyline with that is you got Urban Meyer, who's a longtime coach for Ohio State. He's going to be coaching in his first NFL game. I think 
he coached at one point in the NFL before, but either way. I know he did, but I, he went to college. I can't remember why. I can't remember the reason. Either but way, I think it would be fun. For like 10 years, right? He was yeah, he was there for a State. long time. Um, either way, he put out high-powered offenses in college. Uh, was a great recruiter and obviously had a ton of talent come through, but I think that they've got a lot of young, exciting players there in Jacksonville right now with this Chanel, DJ Chark. Uh, Travis Etienne, who they just drafted at Clemson, yeah. obviously Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, thinks to be a hell of a game. And obviously Cleveland's got one of the most talented rosters in the league um, yeah. on both sides of the ball, really. Yeah, especially offense with – I mean, Nick Chubb is probably, God, probably top ten running back right now. I mean, I think you could go all the way up to top five with Nick Chubb, to be honest with you. I mean, the guy can do it all. And then yeah. you throw in Kareem Hunt, which is a two-headed monster for them. I mean, it's just – it's tough to beat. Plus you have OBJ and Juice. Right. Receivers. And then you got Austin Hooper at tight end. You've got a great line in front of them. I really it's think the only, I really think the only question mark for them on offense right now is Baker Mayfield. And I hate to say that because I love Baker. I think he's awesome and he's a ton of fun. Mm. But I do think that at times his play's been questionable, but he's gotten better every year. Uh, they won their first playoff game last year. I'm excited to see if they can expand on it. Yeah. It was what, 50 years since they won their last playoff game? It was something stupid like that. Yeah. And they've never won a Super Bowl. Right. They've won NFL championships before the Super Bowl era, back with Jim Brown and all those guys. Yeah. But they haven't won one in the Super Bowl era. Right. Which is 50 years. Which is crazy to think about because Cleveland has one of the most passionate fan bases across in all of sports. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Cam, I noticed that you had talked about Trevor Lawrence. Um, how do you feel as though Mac Jones is going to do? Who do you, I mean, I know we're starting out the season, you know, preseason and everything, but I kind of want to hear your thoughts on if who do you think is going to kind of do better if they get the opportunity to start and take over that role. So the Pats QB battle, I think is going to be really tough. Um, I think Belichick really, really likes Cam Newton a lot, um, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. I think Cam's a great locker room guy. I think that he really struggled last season, uh, not having a true off season or training camp or any of that stuff. Which is he's also getting accustomed to the team too in the area, and it's it's hard for an athlete to be able to just up and move and go to a different area. Right, absolutely, and I think that added on to the fact that New England has one of the most complicated playbooks in the NFL. In addition, having Bill Belichick as your coach, who is without a doubt the greatest NFL coach of all time, and also one of the best football minds ever. Yeah. Um, it's tough. I mean, you've seen vets in the past, like Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, who played wide receiver for a long time, tried to come to the Pats and just couldn't grasp the playbook. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised this year if Cam really gets a hold on it. Like they say, he's been grinding like crazy, I guess, um, in order to understand it. I think that'll give him a huge leg up on Mac Jones um, in the first place. But I do think that Mac will eventually take over. My personal prediction is after week four, when they play against the Bucks, Mac Jones will take over week five. I don't think Belichick will throw Mac to the Wolves and have him go against Tom Brady, even if they are at home, just because if they get blown out in that game, heaven forbid, I hope they don't. I hope they beat them, but I don't think that would be good for Mac's development because it can really wreck QB's confidence, especially yeah. a young QB. Um, but I do think that Mac will do well. He throws a pretty ball. Everyone's been really impressed with him through training camp so far. He's um, one of the only QBs that New England's had in a long time that can throw a deep ball too. I mean, like I think a, Tom Brady's longest throw in the last like 10 years was like what, 40 yards. I mean, and Mac Jones airmailed a 70 yard throw at the combine. I mean, yes and no. I think that, Brady does have a pretty long ball and you've seen it with Tampa Bay now. Cause that's what they do a lot of with guys like Godwin and Scotty Miller and uh, Mike Evans and all those guys. They love to throw the ball deep and Tom showed that he can do it. Yeah. Um, but I do think that with Bill's system, it is a lot of check down routes, making sure not to turn the ball over and that kind of stuff. So you didn't really need to go deep. Um, he also didn't really have a legitimate deep threat. 
for the latter part of his career, except for Randy Moss, who he had for two or three seasons, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And you look at the numbers they put up when they were together. It was, it was nuts. nuts. It was I mean, 50 like touchdowns in a season. MVP numbers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but going back to your original question, Hunt, I do think that Mac Jones will take over the starting job. Um, I just think he'll do it at probably week five, if I had to guess, after they play the Bucs. It, it also depends on how Cam plays in the first four games. Right, exactly. If Cam comes out and, you know, gets him out to a 4-0 start, which I don't really see happening, but I would love to see it. Uh, I think that he'll keep the job until he loses a game. I mean. Well, you also got to think about it, too, is that Cam is also a veteran. He's been in the league for a long time. He was on Carolina for many years. He had a great team down there. And it's actually might be good for Mac Jones to be able to take a year or two and kind of learn and grow from a veteran and be able to take over that role when it's time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at some of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, and most of them all sat for a couple of years. I mean, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre, Tom Brady sat behind Drew Bledsoe, Steve Young sat behind Joe Montana. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, I do think it is good to sit, especially with the Patriots. I mean, if you look at just about any of the running backs that Belichick's drafted, most of them get a quote-unquote redshirt year. Um, Mm -hmm. Damian Harris is a perfect example of that. Their current probably number one running back, if I had to guess. Uh, they drafted him out of Alabama, and I want to say the second or third round he got drafted. And uh, he didn't play at all his rookie season. He sat behind Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead and all those guys. Yeah. And then last year he came in and was arguably probably put, a top 10 or 15. Numbers, yeah, yeah, I mean, and in an offense where you never get one running back featured, he didn't even get featured as the number one back last year. He was putting up incredible numbers. I'm really excited to see what he can do. The Pats have one of the best offensive lines in the league, which I think will help the quarterback and the running back, regardless of who's at that position. I'm excited for this past season, to be honest with you. If they went really hard in free agency, their defense is always good, and I think it's going to be a really good season. Yeah, we added some huge threats on defense. We still have Gilmore. We still have at least one of the McCourty twins, or do we have Yeah, we have Devin McCourty still, Jason left in free agency. I can't remember where he went to, but he did leave. Um, So we still have those guys. And we added added, and Vanoy. Yep. And we added Jalen Mills. We added... Matthew Judon, we added some huge targets that have been super good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, defensively, the Pats have always been a great team. I mean, that unit alone, I mean, going back throughout the dynasty of the Patriots, you've had guys like Gerard Mayo, you've had Teddy Bruschi, you've had Vince Wilfork, you've had all these other guys. Devin McCourty went to the Dolphins. Jason. Jason. Jason McCourty, sorry. Oh, word. Okay, so Jason McCourty is playing for the Dolphins now. We still have Devin, though. Um, but I mean, like looking back through the entire dynasty of the Pats, we've always had a solid defense. Um, and in some of the times that they've actually won the Super Bowl, they've had a top five defense in the league. Um, obviously Tom Brady does his thing on his side of the ball, but I think defense wins championships and any yeah. sports fan will agree with that. Um, but I am excited to see what this unit can do for sure. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope they do good. Um, I hope they're doing, they do better than the Red Sox are doing right now, but, um, We'll see, I guess. I don't know if it'll be – it probably won't be a Super Bowl year, not when you have teams like Kansas City and Tampa Bay and shit like that that you have to work You're for. also counting out the Buffalo Bills over here. I mean, they had a great year last year, and I was actually going to talk to you guys about this too. I didn't mean to cut you off, Duncan, but um, – No, you're good. While, while you guys are talking, I want you to kind of think about, you know, what do you, who do you think is going to be, you know, the reigning MVP or the MVP for the season? I know it's really early, but I kind of want to – talk about it and kind of get there. So as the season goes on, we can kind of see and relate to how we talked about at the beginning. I'm calling Aaron Rodgers on a repeat. 
I don't think Rodgers gets it. Uh, I could see Mahomes or Josh Allen, to be honest with you. Um, Josh Allen's my pick. Um, The Bills are a really tough team. Uh, Another AFC East team, so the Pats will see them twice this year. Um, They have a ton of talent around them on both sides of the ball. They've also talked about getting Zach Ertz from the Eagles, but they've been talking about that for months. I'm not sure if it's actually going to happen. That'd be um, huge. Yeah. A huge grab. They they don't really have a tight end right now, do they? I mean, they do. They don't. But they do, but nobody good. big name. Right. Um, but obviously they have like Stefan Diggs. They've got Zach Moss in the backfield. Um, Cole the, Beasley. Cole Beasley. If he plays, Singletary. we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll see what happens with COVID with Beasley. But yeah. that's a talk for later in the epi. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, I mean, Buffalo is going to be a great team again. They're young. Josh Allen's got a cannon and he can run the ball. I mean, I don't think he gets enough credit, to be honest with you. I mean, he does some stuff that Mahomes doesn't and – ESPN stays pretty quiet about it, but yeah. we're not going to talk about ESPN on this podcast. Yeah, Josh Josh Allen is just basically a younger Cam Newton. He can throw the ball, but when he needs to, he, he runs it. I think that – Whereas a- I kind of feel like – okay, that might have been wrong because I feel like Cam runs the ball more than he throws. So I can understand where you're getting that comparison. <coughs> um, early in Cam's career – he threw the ball a lot more, but I don't think that he has the arm that Josh Allen has. I mean, Josh Allen's has literally video recordings of him throwing the ball 75 yards in the air. I mean, that's just obnoxious. Um, Cam never had an arm like that, but one of the things I will give Cam is he is massive. I mean, he's bigger than Josh Allen. He's like 6'3", right? Yeah, they basically used him as a running back. Most of the stuff they did while he was in Carolina in his early years was all Wildcat stuff too, Yeah, even though he was the quarterback, like design quarterback keeps, like stuff like that, which they don't do a ton of with Josh Allen. Josh Allen they don't do it with a ton of regular uh, NFL quarterbacks. Right. I mean, there's only so many guys that are, you know, six, seven, 250 pounds playing quarterback. You know, that's, yeah. that's know, now, now we're getting in hockey's topic over here. High <laughs> requirement. Literally. But, um, so before we wrap up football, I kind of wanted to hear your guys' and my thoughts on kind of a couple underrated players for the upcoming season on a couple teams. Um, I was kind of looking into the Patriots a little bit, so you guys can either agree or disagree with me, but uh, J.C. Jackson, he's a cornerback. Um, back in 2018, he had 17 interceptions and 30 pass deflections, and he was one. He was known to be one of the youngest players in the league to have that many takeaways. But he is well-known in New England, but he's not really well-known in the league. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was Pro Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Gilmore was hurt most of the season, he was drawing the number one matchups and was still playing incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. He's easily a top 10 shutdown corner in the league. And I think that most people that love the sport of football and follow it religiously know who J.C. Jackson is and what he can do. But I think you are right that on a national level for the, national level for the casual fan, I don't think they know who he is, but I think they will find out after this year. Um, I was yeah. actually kind of excited to see if, which we didn't, if we'd have traded uh, Gilmore to see what JC could have done as the consistent number one corner on the team, because he is that good. He is incredible to watch. I mean, he can lock down just about anybody. So one thing that I really want to know is like you said, he had insane rookie numbers for Mm -hmm. past deflections and interceptions. One thing that scares me about him is he's, just like Stefan Gilmore or a good corner, I should say, where he's handsy as fuck because in almost every single game that I've played, seen him play in, he has more PIs than anybody. So that's just, I don't think it's a bad thing, 
I mean, it is because it's penalties. But I don't think – I mean, that just means you're handsy. That means you're getting scrappy with your receivers that you're covering. And it's pretty hard to catch a ball. Like, they can shove each other – whoa – they can shove each other when they're running down the field, like not literally shove. I mean, but like they're they allowed can, to be handsy, right? They can hand fight a little bit, which is the like technical term for it, I guess. Right. Um, but if you look at some of the best corners in the history of the NFL, guys like Darrell Revis, guys like even um, oh, what's his name? Played for Seattle. He's for Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. Um, all those guys. Can't stand Sherman. Oh, me neither. He's but a he's a hell of a corner. I mean, he's a great corner, but a terrible person. I mean, I wouldn't even say a terrible person. I just think that he has a terrible attitude. Yeah. But you're talking about a Stanford grad who's incredibly smart, who was the poster child for the Legion of Boom while he was in Seattle, uh, led the NFL in takeaways twice, if I remember correct. I mean, it's you, you can't doubt his skill, that's for sure. But I do think that he's not somebody that I enjoy listening to him talk. I mean, right. his interview after they beat was it Sam Fran, when he had the Michael Crabtree, you know, you put me on a subpar wide receiver, blah, 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 blah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the tip, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you can get handsy with them. You can get PI calls. But at the end of the day, if they're not getting into the end zone, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, yeah. That's so, uh, so there's one other person. I mean, there's two other people. I kind of want one other person on this. And I kind of want to talk about this after. But um, so I'm a Falcons fan. I know Duncan's going to say some stupid thing like 28-3. Like, I get it. All right. It happened. Get over it. I don't say shit. Um. So we have a wide receiver, Russell Gage. Mm-hmm. Um, so since we got rid of Julio Jones, I mean, but Russell Gage, he saw 108. He was 108 last night for tar- uh, the last season for targets, and he caught 66.7 percent of them, and he broke 11 tackles after catching the ball and going. So he's actually going to be one of our top receivers this year. Because I'm not sure. I can't remember if Cal, uh, Calvin Ridley's coming back or is if he got uh, – he he's coming back. Yeah. So, they them two are going to be the top two receivers for them. I'm kind of sad to see Julio go, but, you know, it's just the way it goes sometimes. Um, Russell Gage is great. Uh, I had him on my fantasy team last year, actually. But uh, I think it'll help a lot this year without Julio there, honestly, if we're being completely forthright. Um, when you have a person like Julio Jones on the field who commands as many targets as he does, it kind of stunts the growth of other wide receivers or pass catchers on the team. Um, exactly. Calvin Ridley is undoubtedly a wide receiver one in the NFL. I mean, the kid's an absolute stud and has been since he was at Alabama. Um, but you also have to keep in mind they have Kyle Pitts there now as well. Um, yes. They also have another tight end that's pretty good. Hayden um, Hurst. Yes, Hayden Hurst. He was Before he was with Atlanta, he was in Baltimore. He's very good. Um, So there is other pass catchers on the team, but I think that actually opens the field up more for Russell Gage in order to be able to catch more balls because they tend to play him in a little bit more of a slot anyway. Um, So I think it'll be really good for That's just Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's always like that style of play. He basically runs the offense. I was reading an article a couple years ago that the offense coordinator basically just hand Matt Ryan the book and said, do what you want on the field. I mean, if you look at any real great, quarterback in the nfl you get that a lot i mean i know drew Brees did that in uh new orleans for a long time obviously tom brady is his own offensive coordinator down in tampa bay um peyton manning was the same way i mean all you heard was him calling audibles omaha omaha (laughs) but yeah i mean matt ryan's a great qb and i think that he'll be able to figure out how to get russell gage involved in that offense for sure yeah what else you got um i'm all set but uh dean's been pretty quiet um dean i know you had mentioned um 
in a couple of meetings ago that you kind of wanted to talk about pool a little bit. Uh, what's going on in the APA? Uh, in the APA right now, they're actually over in Las Vegas. They got the national championship going on. Uh, there's a few people from Maine that we shoot with out in Waterville out there. There's Steve mm-hmm. Small, John Ketchin, Howard, and Jen Fogg are out there as well. They're still in it for doubles. Uh, Can you explain to us what the APA is, Dean? APA is the Amateur Pool Association, or American Pool Players Association of America. Okay. And it's basically just a league that you can you can join. You pay 10 bucks a week. You play a match if you want to play. And, <clears throat> yeah, there's eight ball and nine ball. Uh, if you win, if your team wins first place in your division and you go to states and you win states, then you go to regionals. And if you win at regionals, you get a free paid trip to Vegas. No shit. That's awesome. And then once you get to Vegas, it's competing to see who's the best in the country, basically, for players. Uh, Steve Small is from the Waterville area. We got John Ketchin, Kyle Carpenter's there. You know him. Yeah, Kyle's one of my boys. Uh, We got John Ketchin, Howard, and Jen Fogg. Howard's a division rep for Waterville right now. They're all doing pretty good. We had a couple of other people finished in, like, the top 150 in the U.S., which is nuts. Which is how many people usually go to Vegas? I think there was three or four hundred this year. Wow, that's incredible. Anyway, I mean, to go through all that to get there and then to finish that high is pretty nuts. Yeah. So is they there, won. Is there a stage after Vegas? Like, is there like a world pool tournament thing? I don't know much about the sports. Why I'm asking. Uh, Vegas is the world championship. Oh, right word. Now. Okay. So, and it's just American, so that's why it's worlds. Oh, okay. Hence the APA. Um, what if you want to hop up to the national level though, and like people from all around the world, then we can talk the U S open coming up here in a month in September. That's being hosted in New Jersey. Uh, there's a 256 player field for it. Uh, Didn't you mention to me, Dean, about you wanting to actually go and watch it. Yeah. I'm thinking about buying tickets. They're actually not that expensive. It's like 40 or 50 bucks a day and it's four days total for the event. Um, it's just it's just New Jersey kind of is a hall. So yeah, especially no. if you're going by yourself or you're going with friends. Just take the train. Take the yeah, train. It's free, bud. Get an Airbnb. That's actually a really good point. It makes it a lot cheaper and easier. Yeah. You can I just mean, Uber everywhere too. Yeah. We're kind of lucky to have, you know, parents that work in the railroad, so we get to ride the Amtrak for free. But yeah, that is sweet for you guys. But yeah, that's taking place at Harris Resort, Atlantic City, New Jersey, September 13th to 18th. When that kicks off, I'm going to chime in a little more about it come episodes of the podcast. Uh, the player field was filled within like 36 hours of entries opening. Holy cow. So, yeah, no, it's a lot bigger than some people realize. Uh, first place, if you win the U.S. Open, you get 50 grand. Second place gets 25, and it just keeps on going from there. They pay out all the way to 97. Holy cow. 50 grand from what place? First Wow, that's nuts. And yeah, so it's big. It's It's just not as big as like golf. Oh, God. Because like if you win first place at like the FedEx Cup or something like that, it's like you get like five mil. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, that's pretty much it for pool. Um, I'm really excited for the US Open. That's the biggest thing I'm hyped for. Um, Someone locally, he goes by his name's Mike DeShane. He played out of Waterville for a while, and he ended up going pro. And I've met him a few times, haven't played him, but I have seen that man break and run five out of the ten racks he needed against someone at a tournament down in Portland. Wow. 
which is no. Do you know what breaking and running means? No. <laughs> so <laughs> say you were at, you know what, you know, different games is pool, right? There's eight ball and then there's nine ball. Yeah. So nine balls, a diamond one, and you got to run nine balls to get a point. He did that five times in a row on someone. Holy cow. Which means he literally go he breaks the rack, right. makes a ball, and then goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And nine without ball, you got to go in without them getting a shot. And no shit. That's nuts. The crazy. other reason I mentioned Mike DeShane is because for a while, he was 21st in the world. Holy shit. And he's from the Waterville Winslow area? Yeah. That's nuts. I think he's at 29 right now. Um, that's still hot. Like That's that's nuts. He's, yeah. set, he's still top second top player in the United States. So he's pool. kind of okay at the whole pool thing then. Yeah, he's at yeah. <laughs> uh, I can get <laughs> He's still – he's in a four-way tie for 29th in the world right now. No shit. That's awesome. Who's number one? That's what I want to know. Number one is the personal – my personal favorite that I look up to that kind of got me really interested in it, Shane Van Boning. Uh, is that the guy that did the video with Dude Perfect? No, that was Florian Colver. That's a trick shot artist. Oh, he's not like a professional pool player? He was, and then he started doing more trick shots and stuff, and he does some insane trick shots. Mm-hmm. Word. Just means he that has, guy sucks at pool. Basically. <laughs> he has like it's 10 just, world records. Right it's now. just accidental. So speaking of athletes all over the world, I want to touch on the Olympics a little bit. Yep. Uh, a lot of it's starting to wrap up. Uh, I wanted to touch on some of the crazy finishes yeah, that have t- been going today on. Today or tomorrow that it ends? I think it's tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, but I personally am a huge wrestling fan. Not WWE stuff, but like folk style and Greco-Roman. Uh, the U.S. is having an incredible Olympics. Uh, they have nine different wrestlers um, between the men and women that have medaled, which is the most in the world and the most the U.S. have had since like the 1980s or something like yeah. that or 1990s. Um, there's been some incredible finishes. Uh, one of them was Gable Stevenson, who's a heavyweight that actually won the NCAA title for the Minnesota Golden Gophers this year. Uh, he won with like three seconds left. Uh, he got two points on a guy, and it was absolutely nuts. Um, and the other one was David Taylor, who wrestled for Penn State, who was a three or two time national champ. Uh, and he won with like two seconds left on the clock. I mean, just crazy finishes, um, part of what makes the Olympics special. So, how do you get points on somebody in wrestling? So, just it's a, it depends no on the idea. form of wrestling. So, there's three forms of wrestling that are really recognized there's folk style, which isn't in the Olympics, but that's what you see at like the NCAA level and high school levels and yeah. all that kind of stuff. There's freestyle, which is mostly like throwing guys. Uh, if you land flat on your back, it's a pin. Uh, and then you get a certain amount of points for like how much they roll out close to come to their back. There's all that kind of stuff. Um, and then Greco-Roman, I'm not as familiar with, but it's fun to watch. You're not allowed to touch the legs at all. So it's all throws. Like it's wicked cool. Like it's super fun to check out. Um, I can't really explain everything to you because I don't know all of the rules, but I grew up wrestling folk style. So I was just followed the sport. And then I watched the NCAAs every year. So I know who a lot of the wrestlers are. Um, one of the guys that took bronze for the U.S. this year, his name was Kyle Dake, D-A-K-E. Uh, he wrestled for Cornell in college. And he was the first guy to ever win four national titles, which is crazy anyway, in four different weight classes. Yeah. Which is absolutely nuts because each weight class is like, 10 pounds apart roughly give or take a few as you get up higher it goes up more um but to do it at four different weight classes and with national titles to begin with is absolutely nuts yeah. uh, he took bronze he beat a guy from italy frank camisa who's incredible um but what we really wanted to touch on with the olympics 
is Simone Biles. Um, we talked about her a little bit on the last episode and all the stuff that was going on. Um, she actually came back and competed in the balance beam competition and won bronze. People didn't um, like it either, right? Right. Um, it's kind of been a whole fiasco with her um, starting from the beginning. I mean, she cited her mental health as one of the reasons that she stepped away from the team all around competition. Um, then she said that her aunt had died and she had the twisties and all this other stuff, which, I mean, I understand, you know, step away from mental health, whatever, but she's had different excuses each time, which I understand when people are getting pissed off, but to me, it is what it is. I mean, there's a, there's a line, there's a fine line between, I'm going to say it's a business, it's business. I mean, she's doing this. She has sponsors. She has everything. There's a line between business and family. No matter what, in any sports, I mean, family always comes first. I mean, you think about it in the NFL, the uh, NHL, the MLB. I mean, if something happens in their family, they take time off and go get it done, but then they come back. That's what she did. She took time off. She dealt with her stuff, and then she came back. And I don't get why people are upset about that. I mean, I think that most people, and don't get me wrong, I am in full support of Swan Biles, but I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here. I understand people are a little bit annoyed because she's had a different excuse each time. It's not like she said consistently, my mental health is poor. I need to stop, step away, whatever, which would have been fine. But then she came out and said she had the twisties, which again is they don't know up from down. It's a thing that all gymnasts go through at some point. Unfortunately for her, it just happened to her at the Olympics. Um to kind of piggyback on you, I think what a lot of people are trying to get at is it's a you're either in or you're out in terms of being devil's advocate here because I support her too. Um, I just think a lot of people think that if you're going to be – if you're just going to sit back to look after it, go ahead and do that and look after yourself. Don't come back like two days later and be like, oh, yeah, we're good now. I want to do this because I want – uh, the podium or whatever. I think that's how some people are trying to look at it. And I think one of the things too, that people are really upset about is if she had just come back and done it, that'd have been fine. But she also by meddling in the balance beam tied the U S record for most medals by a single Olympian at nine with an Olympian. I can't remember the name of it. I apologize, but uh, in gymnastics. Or? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, yes, doesn't Michael Phelps have like 20 or something? Yeah. Something stupid okay. like that. But yeah, she tied with another gymnast for the most medals in American history by a female gymnast, um, which I think was one of the reasons why people thought as is kind of fishy, whatever. Yeah. Um, it does suck because Simone Biles is the greatest gymnast of all time, and that's not debated anymore. I mean, she, she's incredible and has been for a long time. They but, can't even score her anymore because of the stuff she does, no one else can do right now. Yeah, she has like four yeah. different things named after her. In the four di- yeah, four different moves or routines or whatever you want to call that. I'm not really big into gymnastics, but um, I'm mostly big into swimming. Katie Ledecky, I think she's been like the talk of the Olympics this year. Yeah, she's incredible. And she has been since she was like 16, I think, at her first Olympics and she won gold. And I she think she was 13, actually. 13, no, no, there's a, there's a, there's a person there right now that's 14 or 15 and she just won, I think, like a silver medal. Was she the one that couldn't see the scoreboard because she never glasses on? Was that who I'm thinking of? Yeah, no, she, I th- I want to say she was can- Canadian or something because I saw a bunch of posts about it. Yeah, but I mean that's that's happening. I'm talking about the whole um, like scoring thing. If you look at say like X Games or something like that with snowboarding, they're getting to the point where say Yuki Kadono or Max Marcus Cleveland or um, Mark Mark McMorris 
those are like three people that can just chuck insane tricks that they don't know how to score. Like Yuki, Yuki Kidono has a quad cork 1900, mm-hmm. which do you know what that means? No, absolutely not. It means you're doing, it, sounds sick, though. it means you're doing four backflips and I want to say five and a half, three sixties in midair on a snowboard. I'll show you the video later, but it's crazy. It, he doesn't stop spinning until basically his feet touch the ground. It's crazy. And it's a trick that like you almost have to give it a perfect score because it's just fucking nuts. The fact that you can land that. That is crazy. The only question with all that kind of stuff across all sports is like, if you have certain athletes that can do things that nobody else can, do you score them higher and the other athletes lower? Or how do you do that? You know what I'm saying? Cause like a routine 10 years ago, that would have been a perfect 10 now isn't going to be a perfect 10, obviously, because other guys can do stuff that are, or girls can do stuff that's, you know, twice as difficult. Like, how do you... Sean White's on the same boat with snowboarding. Yeah, I mean, how do you find that He got that literal perfect score on the half pipe, and now a person doing back-to-back 1240s or 1260s is, like, short now. It's not even good. It's crazy. Speaking on on that, Cam, I was actually watching the... um, the old Red Bull Racing, I don't know, it's BMX, it uh, happens in Utah like, every year, and I was just watching the 2019 one, and there's this guy, Brett Ryder, he's from Canada, and it happens down in like Moab, where like the arches where it just goes straight down to Red Rock, mm-hmm. and he got a 96.4, that was the perfect run, and no one else could do it, and so on his second run, he did the exact same thing and added more, and he got deducted more points because he was trying to get out of his comfort zone and do more because other people couldn't do it. Right. He got it also did points for that. They took points away from him. How does that make sense? His second run was a ninety-one when it should have been a ninety-eight. Well, at the same time, so if he goes through the whole like entire run and lands, I don't know any bike tricks, but if he lands, there's like the like Superman. A, there's front flips. Yeah, if he lands side one of twists, those. If he lands one of those, but goes through the exact same run the second time and tries to do something crazier, but something happens and his foot touches the ground, they can deduct points from you there. So, like, if you land a quad 1800 on a snowboard, but your hands touch the slope, they deduct you points there, even though you landed the trick. That's wild to me. Like, that's not... It has to be be clean. That's the thing. These BMX riders only had one day to test run all the different trails. Seriously? Because their teams come in and they, they're the ones who do all the work on it. And so they all like have to come in an agreement of what they want and how to do it. And I mean, they train for it, just not at that area. So there was right. actually a 22 year old from hurricane Utah that competed and he ended up like fifth, which is actually pretty cool to see, you know, people from that, from your state represent at like the national level, kind of like what Dean was saying, you know, with the APA player being in the world's, and now this player being representing Utah, I mean, it's pretty cool just to see that. I mean, because you don't really see like a lot of people from that state playing playing in that competition where it's held. Like you usually see like if it's so say if it was Canadians and it was played in British Columbia, Brett Ryder would be hosting it because he's from British Columbia. But I don't know. I just think it's cool that they're able to do that. Coming back to Red Bull, <clears throat> you mentioned um, or something I want to mention. Have you seen that thing where it's like it's an obstacle course? And it's all ice, and then they gotta skate on yes. it. Yes. 
that stuff looks nuts. I wish there was more of that. You're you're allowed to like throw elbows and shit in that too. Yeah, like you oh, can yeah. pull on. There's body like people. Big what is crashes. this? So it's, so it's like Red Bull Crash Ice or whatever, yeah, and it's a whole ice. ass obstacle course. It's like two and a half, three miles long. On bicycles? No, no you're skating. Skates, ice skates. Ice skating. Have you ever seen? You're fully the, decked um, out in pads, and you got helmets and gloves on and shit. Oh, it's like a roller derby type of thing, but on ice. Yeah. Yes. No shit. That sounds awesome. And have you ever seen? Have you ever seen like in the Olympics, like the Winter Winter Olympics, the skiers that go from the starting point and they go down through that trail and shit like that, like slalom stuff? Uh, no. It's just like oh, a big that? ass cross country. Wide, yeah, cross country. Oh yeah, it's yeah, downhill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing, but there's like jumps that you have to go over. With there's shit. jumps. It's they have like stairs nuts, that people go down. It's, it's sick. Nuts. Holy shit, that's awesome. And dude. they're and doing you're, like you're, thirty. You're allowed to that. throw elbows and stuff like that. That's fucking awesome. You're not allowed to like tackle somebody, but like oh. if somebody's right here and you have to cut the inside corner, you're allowed to shove them out of the way. Yeah, no, it's, it's high nuts. That is awesome. There's Why is this not on TV more? I have no clue, dude. I used to Dude, I don't know. Shit. I was watching cornhole yesterday with my mom and <laughs> Jesus Christ, buddy. <laughs> uh, you're breaking up, buddy. You're breaking up. Try okay, again. so let me try that again. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so I was watching cornhole yesterday. The world championships of cornhole on the Ocho. My mom had the audacity to change it to go to the X Games. Really? See, I'm a big yeah. cornhole guy. See, oh. same here. She Boys, goes, she goes you can't get you. as hype. You, she goes, you can't get as hype as you can on cornhole with this. I was like, have you ever played cornhole? Like, now, hold up. Time so out. What was, what was on for the X Games? Skateboarding. Okay. So, I could, yeah. I got a story for you, boys. So, last Thursday night, I went to the Winslow VFW for a cornhole tournament. <laughs> I do them every Thursday. It's like five bucks to play, and the winner gets the winners get the pot because I was yeah. just two to a team. So I got paired up with this one guy who apparently is like one of the best throwers there every week consistently. And I guess he was telling me he's like played against like professionals and like played in like big tournaments in like New York and like Florida and all this other shit. Like he travels around. So we lost our first game and it's double elimination. So in our second game, we were playing these two guys and we got screwed out of a point early and he wasn't happy about it and i was like yo like it's early it's all good like just chill out whatever so later on in the match he put one perfectly through the hole and it dragged two more of our bags in and one of theirs and we had one on the board so it should have been 10 points for us and that would have been game but they like fought it and were like got into a fight with us that it shouldn't count blah 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 and one of them didn't go through the hole it went over the back like it was a whole argument bro there was almost fisticuffs going on like there was the hands were ready to be thrown not by me but by my partner this dude was going nuts like i'm pretty sure hands were ready to be thrown at duncan's cookout that he had hey hey, Duncan, i beat you and dean like five times in a row Hey, 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 let's learn. relax a little bit. I had a <laughs> shitty partner, okay? Oh, yeah. wow. No, <laughs> I suck at Cornwall. Oh, I suck at Cornwall. He's let's willing to honest. admit it. I had a shitty partner. <laughs> I suck at Cornwall. All I was saying was I was lights <laughs> out that day, and I just had no help. <laughs> I did come up clutch a couple times, though. Anyway. <laughs> a yeah. couple times. This dude ended up, like, going ballistic and was, like, screaming across the room like it was ridiculous. But, yeah, just... It's more fun to have a good time with something, even if there's a little bit of money on the line, than it is to get obnoxious and make an ass out of yourself, was my right. point in the first place. I think I've been guilty. 
I've been guilty of it. I am. I'll fully admit that. I've been guilty of it in the past. I get way too competitive, and I'm sure that the boys have too at times. But just with stuff like that, especially a game like Cornhole, relax, have a good time, put a drink in your hand, and have fun. I mean, just unless you're playing like in the APA for $50,000, then you can get a little upset about it. But yeah, playing for five bucks that you put into a pot, let's take a deep breath yeah. Uh, next topic I want to touch on with you boys is COVID. Um, obviously, everybody knows what COVID is, knows what all the bullshit we've gone through for the last two years. Duh, Rona. New York just announced that they are putting some restrictions on the entire city, possibly state. I don't think so. State. Say state. It is state. So Governor Cuomo, who yeah. I'm not even going to get into because I'm going to get way too fired up on this podcast, announced that you need to show proof of vaccination in order to get into any restaurant or which is gym, highly illegal or gym facility. This is totally not okay in my eyes. It is a complete breach of people's privacies. And I think that it's absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, listen, I'll be the first so one to admit. I am, is it violating HIPAA law? No. So to piggyback on what Hunter said, I know why it's illegal. So when you get your shot, you get a little card that's. Yeah, because it's a medical record. Yes. Yeah, but it's a private medical record because you have the card in your possession. Businesses, even employers don't have the right to ask to see your private medical history and you don't have to give it out if they ask because it's your private card. Therefore you don't have to give out that right, information. But basically what Cuomo was saying is that you have to. Right. And if you don't, then you're not allowed in. Yeah. Right. Which I think is ridiculous anyway, which I'll be completely transparent. I had to take the shot. So I am fully vaccinated. Mm. I did so in order to be able to go back on campus at school. I took the go-go juice. However, I had to get it to go on Yes. To school? Yes. The, so the United States the Department of Education had just released that most colleges are requiring that you have the vaccine. At my college, you had to have it to live on campus and even get on campus. University of Maine is having it. I'm not sure about Roanoke, though. Uh, Roanoke is forcing it to happen. I go to Roanoke College uh, in Salem, Virginia. Um, most public colleges and universities can't force it <laughs> because it's not actually FDA approved. Uh, right. That's probably going to be coming in the next few months but until then it's technically you're not allowed to however roanoke is a private college they get no government funding they can do whatever they want so yeah. one of their requirements to come back to campus was that i get the shot yeah. now i'm not in favor of the shot for reasons that i won't get into on the podcast but i do think that it is utterly ridiculous to force people to show their proof of vaccination to be able to work out in a gym or eat food at a restaurant especially considering the fact that if everyone else is vaccinated, it shouldn't matter. Right. Yeah. Because if you can't get it, then what's it matter? And then the latest because the thing shots is, don't work. They right. just don't well, work. Well, now they're trying to make it so I can't even remember who said it, but they said that a third shot will get you and will booster. make you completely you can't well, get the they're, they're saying variant. with the third shot. Yeah, they're saying with third shot because there's I think there's like five different variances now that just released. I think there's omega, alpha, delta. That's gonna that's gonna happen every every year it's a virus yes i understand that well there's been a lot of um conspiracy theories that this was created by the united states by our government which i'm not i don't know how i feel about that i mean but as me i mean i got it it's just saves faith i mean it's it's just easier said than done i mean don't get me wrong i know dean has his opinions not opinions on it i know cam has his duncan has his 
I got it so that things can just try to get back to normal as soon as possible. Right. But one of the latest things that they're coming out, I don't mean to interrupt, um, they're coming out with a lot of people that have their masks, even on government property. If you have both vaccines or you get the J&J, if you're fully vaccinated on government property right now, you have to wear a mask no matter what, even well, if you have the vaccine. To play, because, to play yeah, devil's advocate there, you're technically like a super even, transmitter or something. Right? Even if you have both shots, you can transmit it. You just can't really catch it. So, but you, you can on, still catch it. It's just a very property, mild on government property where everybody should be vaccinated because they're pushing it. Yeah. I feel as though it's kind of bullshit that you have to wear a mask because that kind of defeats the purpose. Because everybody on that fucking property should be vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. So Roanoke just, just announced that for the first month of school, we all have to wear a mask, even though everyone on campus is going to be vaccinated. Same like, here. How does that, like, how does that make any sense? Like yeah. one, we're all going to be together Two. Okay, I'm gonna be transparent. We're all college students. We're all gonna be partying together without masks on. So we're all gonna to be together, and right. we're gonna be doing what young adults do, and we'll be having physical contact with one another. Coitus. We we coitus. We will be participating in physical sexual activity more than likely. Except okay, for Dean. coitus. Except for Dean. <laughs> but, Bet. Bet. But I mean, it's like, at what point do they figure out that like, it's come on, like. It's ridiculous. Like we're all gonna be vaccinated while we have to wear masks. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't, and it's frustrating for everybody. And I'm just ready for this whole thing to be over. Okay. Well, I mean, you yeah, you've seen the different. It. I'm sorry. You've seen the different things of, you know, people that work in you know, like the bug cleaning business, like the type of masks they wear, or people that work with chemicals, the masks they wear, and then the masks that, and the masks that we wear that are considered approved for this virus right i can counter that nurses nurses are around stuff like that 24 7 and all they have is the n95 mask mm-hmm. which the n95 mm-hmm. is great though because if they're a nurse is wearing it they've actually been nurse. fitted for it it's fitting them actually snug so that nothing's yeah. escaping like then yes but great. with them saying that this is one of the most deadliest viruses and that has been around over the i'm gonna say over the past maybe 60 years or so i'm just just guesstimating i mean you think that they'd be pushing something better to wear if it's that bad oh yeah but i mean if you look at the numbers what i mean the i can't even remember what it's it's like 0.004 percent chance of you actually getting covid yeah i mean it's it's like if you do the numbers of the amount of people in the u.s the amount of people that got it the amount of people that died from it is 0.004% of you actually getting it. And to play devil's advocate about the whole wearing a mask while you're vaccinated thing, um, I kind of get it because like, so for instance, in Maine, 22% of the people in Maine right now are not vaccinated, which means that they're trying to make us wear masks to save them from getting COVID, which- But I if we're vaccinated, why should we worry about it? Because we're, they're not trying to save us. They're trying to save the people that aren't vaccinated because we can transmit it. Yeah, but it's the unvaccinated people's choice to not be vaccinated. If they get it, they right. get it. And I think they've accepted that. So why should we bother to wear masks? That's what I was just about to say is we all yeah. have been through hell and back to get the fucking vaccine and to try and save people. And yet we're still getting forced to wear a mask for people that it's their opinion to wear a mask or not. 
I don't know. The I whole mean, thing just sucks. I think the part that pisses me off the most is that I don't want to get too political with it, but more often than not, it's people on the left side of the aisle politically that are pushing people to wear masks. And yet you see wrong. people like the Obamas who Barack Obama had a birthday, August 4th. The only reason I know that is because it's the day after mine. And he just threw a massive private party where nobody was wearing masks. They were all partying and having a great time. So why should these people, exactly, they're hypocritical. Why should these people that don't wear masks that are considered the political and social elite in our country not have to follow the same guidelines that we do? I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think that it's a political tool But at this point. I mean, you look, at, you look at other countries in the world who are well past COVID and are doing all this other stuff and life's normal compared to the US. And it's just, it's so frustrating to have to deal with. And it's like, you really wonder how much of this is being pushed through the media and through different outlets trying to keep the fear going about the virus. Yeah. And it's just frustrating. The same, the same, I'm sorry. The same thing happened with Nancy Pelosi, like three weeks into the whole lockdown. She got her hair done. Yep. She went in with no mask into a, a hairdressing place. Yeah. Someone. And it's, and it's caught on video. Here's the thing that pisses me off is everybody saw that video and everybody on the right was the Up right. Arms. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And everybody on the left was like, you know what? Whatever. She needs a haircut. It's not even a big deal. Don't it's get me like, wrong. I mean, see, what? There's hypocrites on both sides of the aisle. Don't oh, get me wrong. hundred percent. And I think that we all should be able to admit that. But I just think that when we're talking about something like COVID, that is captivated the entire world for the last two years. And it's obviously still affecting us to this day that we all just need to get on the same page and either figure out if we want this to be over and everyone get the shot or not. I just think the whole thing is fucking stupid and we need to be done with it and just fucking do whatever. I don't care. Live your own life. We're in America. Who gives a shit? To uh, to add on to both sides of the aisle being hypocritical as fuck nowadays, um, there was a picture that surfaced online uh, a little while back, a few months ago. And it was of people from both the House and the Senate on a plane in first class in Texas, right? Yeah, these were the Tex. These were the Democrats from Texas that flew to D.C. to protest, right? Yeah. I think, but there was people from both sides in this photo. I think it was from the just, U.S. It was Congress. Just Democrats. I think it was just Democrats from Texas. And they, yeah, and it was like well, a big still. deal because they were on a private private jet. No, no it was public. It was public. They were in first really class. Small. Okay. I thought they took a PJ. So they were in the first class section, and none of them had masks on, and they were like kitty cornered in like this. And Super tiny. None of them had masks. I on. thought it was a private jet, but that's just me. But either way, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's just even if it's, it's a private it jet, been. it's still a big deal. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's all ridiculous. You can't like, push us to wear masks and then be on a private jet and not be wearing something. So <laughs> I'm gonna kind of chime in here. Um, from someone who's had COVID twice, um, it it does suck going through. It's a lot of people think that's more than just respiratory. It, all it is is respiratory. It's just your breathing, coughing. I mean, yes, it comes with different symptoms. To every, everyone has different symptoms. I mean, growing up, I caught everything. I just have a very bad immune system. But I got the vaccine, so hopefully that it boosts my immune system. Because the more that you put worse things in it, it elaborates and you get better. But if we all just come to terms with it, with what COVID is and how it's affecting our country and the world, and we just, for some reason, we just can't be united ever because it's, 
like you said, like Cam said, it's all political. You have this side of the story and this side of the story, and no one can, no one can swallow their pride essentially and come together to find an answer and fix this. Kind of add into that. Um, I had COVID back in April. Um, So I had to quarantine in my dorm for 10 days straight, which was fucking brutal inside that brick room. But anyways, uh, I don't have any underlying health issues. So it was essentially just a slightly more aggressive cold for me. I know there were a few people at the pool hall who had also gotten COVID people with and without previous underlying health issues. And my whole stance on this is, I think if you have or have had a previous underlying health issue that you know can kind of screw you over, such as like you're, you don't have the greatest immune system. Uh, I know people like diabetics a lot of the times have, (laughs) I know one of my buddies, two of them have diabetes and they both got hit hard with it. So if you have an underlying health issue such as that, or you have heart problems and whatnot, lung issues, asthma, stuff like that, I think you should go ahead and get the vaccine because that'll help you. But for people that don't have any underlying health issues, it's up to you. If it makes you feel safer, I say go for it. If not, if it's whether your political beliefs, your moral beliefs, however you sit or stand, whatever you do, wherever you may lie with your beliefs politics morals whatever it's up to you yeah and but those people that don't really care about it that's the 22 percent that's holding us up here in maine personally is the 22 percent that's like you know what it's whatever like i have a good immune system i drank from a fucking hose when i was five years old anything like same here but yeah, they work right. out my favor. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I eat dirt. Yeah, I mean, I think that at the end of the day, just like other topics that we could discuss, but we're not going to on this podcast, that it's it's your body, it's your choice, what you do to it. And I think that at the end of the day, the government needs to accept that not everyone's going to get this vaccine, regardless of what they offer. They're trying to push or it, force. They're going um, to push it. Not I mean, they're going to force. That. But like my whole thing too is like, my question for you is this: COVID supposedly killed all of these hundreds of thousands of people across the globe. Cancer kills more people than that every year. Cancer? Cancer. Yeah. So fucking lung cancer's disease. been around for well, years and idea. years and years. Why haven't we come out with a fucking vaccine for cancer or a heart, cure for cancer? Heart disease is even Give me worse. A break. You know what I'm saying? Like heart disease H1N1. kills you. Yeah, like long cold. Why can't I've had H1N1, I've had influenza, I've had strep, I've had Zika. the flu. Okay, time out, time out, time Con- out, time out. How about you go the other way and name what you haven't had? That way it takes a little less long. Uh, um, Herpes. Wait, fuck. Yeah. Uh, Chlamydia. Oh, wait, uh, wait, shit. No, Hunter has. Crabs. Oh, crap. Okay, I got them from you. It's a good thing. Yo, you want to go to OB and get some fresh sand for those crabs, buddy? It's a good thing they found a uh, cure for AIDS, too, so. Yeah, but but no, I mean, I've had all of, I've had all this stuff in I've had whooping cough pneumonia as well, and nothing, there's been, they haven't pushed anything to get a cure or vaccine for those viruses, but now we're pushing so hard for this one, when these ones have been around for so long, and they do the exact same thing. I think that just like anything, it's a money thing. I mean, uh, cancer alone is a billion dollar industry every year, and people are making money for it. It's a lot cheaper to keep it going and treat people than it is to stop it from happening. And I think that's obviously a part of it. I mean, big pharma's 
a despicable, despicable group of people. And to kind of, I don't think in, anything will ever get solved with them. To add into all this too, like H1N1, we have the vaccines for that. We have vaccines for in influenza. And we've had those for decades now. And they haven't disappeared. They're still around. So the black plague is still around. Yeah. 10 years from now, COVID-19 is still going to be around. 10? And it's still going to affect people. It's going to be just like 10, 20, 100, 1,000. It's going to be here for as long as we are. The flu just has a different variant every year. Yeah. It's not going to go away. It mutates. Exactly. I mean, it's never going to go away. At some point, we have to make the conscious decision to move back to normal life. Yeah. At what point are we just going to say, fuck it, forget it, go do whatever you want. You wear it. You wear a mask. You don't. Who cares? But that's the thing that goes back to the government because we like us as citizens can just be like, yeah, you know, we're going to move past it and stuff, but we can't, I mean, we're able to do it, but then there's going to be repercussions for it from the government because we're not listening to them. Our country is turning into a communist country, in my opinion, with the COVID-19 actions that are going on right now. I know Cam's probably going to have different opinions on that because I can just see him smiling over there, but I'm uh, not communist, sorry, um, dictatorship. So no, I'm thinking dictatorship. Because ever since the new election that came over, it's been this, this, and this, and we have to follow all these rules and guidelines, and we don't have a say in it at all. So, and yes, this is going to come from me, so you're going to shit your pants here in a minute. I disagree. <laughs> yes, from me. All right, I I guys, from, from me. Um, oh, from from me. Of all, all the people, of all the people on this podcast, <laughs> I, I'm going to disagree. So for context, um, Dean is about as right wing as it gets. Uh, he is off the deep end conservative. Uh, I'm not that bad. Oh I come know. on, Dean. Okay, come on. I've gotten he's a not, lot He's better. no Mitch McConnell. Let's say that I've gotten he's a lot better. That bad. Yeah, well, of course he's not. Like he used to be a not... lot worse. I used to be a lot worse. Anyway, explain your point now. So I feel like they did get a little more lax after Donnie T got out of office. <laughs> um once jb took over um joe biden you know i feel like well that took me so long that took me five seconds to figure out i was like yo who the fuck is jb <laughs> justin bieber took <laughs> office what, what the fuck? Um, this is going off the rails dude we gotta keep it light so anyways when jb took office joe biden um, I feel like things got a lot more lax. The media instantly became a lot more kind of uplifting as opposed to attacking the government. Um, right. And when Donnie T was in office, the mandates <laughs> and guidelines set forth by the CDC were very strict. Mm -hmm. You couldn't leave your house. You couldn't do this. You couldn't do that. And when he started rolling out the vaccine back in late November, early December. When um, Trump was still in office, let's throw that out there. Yep. Um, the guidelines were still just as strict. And in January, as we began the transition, when for president's trend, um, yeah. transitioning, <clears throat> about a month after Biden took office, the guidelines got relaxed almost instantly. Maybe that's just coincidental, but. Well, I, I kind of want to speak on that. I know Cam might. I have kind of the same opinion here, but I feel as though that when Trump was in office, this thing was blown way out of proportion. There's been different theories and different stories about numbers being fixed, 
you know, they're pe taking people's COVID case numbers and putting them up higher. There's been all these different types of things in that they basically, everything that he did, Dr. Fauci, Nancy Pelosi, all of them didn't agree with him and made him do things that he knew that the American people weren't going to like. And they basically ruined his chances because of COVID. They kind of, yeah. There's been a theory out there that the Democratic Party kind of conspiracy, um, sabotaged. Yeah, sabotaged Trump's presidential run for 2024 or 2020. So that's because not a of new this. thing, bud. So <coughs> I think that without a doubt, COVID is real. I don't think there's any denying that it's a real thing that it has killed a lot of people across the world. Um, I do think the media plays a huge role in helping to polarize our country, and Donald Trump did as well when he was in office. Um, I just want to end on the point that one of Joe Biden's campaign promises is that he wanted to bring the country back together and help to heal the country. And I honestly hope that he can do that for us and help to bring us back to a point where we can all be Americans again and be proud to live here and not cringe when people hear that we're from America and that we're Americans. And we all need to come together as a people and figure out what we need to do in order to make our country a great place to live again. Um, speaking of great, check out our merchandise link in our bio to our Instagram page. And uh, I think it's been another great episode of Blue Collar Boys. Yeah. I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, but before we do, I just want to say that we all have different views, all four of us, as you guys have heard in previous episodes, uh, we can all get into each other pretty good, but at the end of the day, we all still respect each other and we respect your views. Don't listeners. respect you, Cam. Hunter, now's not the time, buddy. Um, <laughs> I do want to say that if you guys ever do have an issue with anything that we're saying, feel free to DM us and we'll be happy to talk to you. But at the end of the day, we're going to respect each and every person and their views. And that's just the way it should be in America. I mean, we're all entitled to different opinions. We're not going to look at you and be like, your opinion is different than mine. Fuck off. Exactly. And right. we encourage you guys to message us anytime. If you guys have questions or want to talk or anything like that. I mean, any kind of fan interaction we can get is great. And uh, feel free to reach out to us anytime. Check out our merch and give us a listen. Shit on us if you want to in our DMs. We don't care. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate all that you do for us. And yeah, have a great day, everybody. Thanks for coming to an episode of Blue Collar Boys. Thank you, guys. We're going to sign See off. See you guys. Peace out. Peace. Peace. Have a good one. Hey guys, it's Dean here in post to make a very special announcement. The Blue Collar Boys are officially announcing our own website. The link is bcbpodcast.square.site. Make sure to go check it out. Sign up for our emailing list. We promise not to blow up your inbox with junk. We reserve emails for special announcements only. We have merch for sale, affiliates on the site, as well as applications to fill out and a chance at ambassadorship. So make sure to go check that out. Keep up the great work. Thanks for supporting us. We appreciate it a lot. Enjoy the next epi. It's a banger. Please listen all the way through and leave us some feedback on what you all think. Enjoy.